you know, this is the first time I've done this and I tend to take my podcast as a con- conversation first and then, you know, edit later. Okay. <laughs> you know, yeah, so, so just, just see how it goes. For me too. So. Yeah, it's, it's good to just have conversations with people. I, I did this for, I, I do this for my Poets at War podcast, which is uh, okay. Chris, Christian artists and that sort of thing. And it's been a really good excuse to talk with some people I really want to talk to, you know? And so um, I've really enjoyed that. And um, this is, like I said, just conversation, see where it goes. I know you said you prepared some things. Um, And I guess where I would start in a conversation would be what, who who are you? What is it you do? And I can fill in a little on me too, but go ahead. Yeah. So uh, yeah, my name's Ben Greer. I'm 29. I work on laser equipment. I'm a senior field service engineer for a laser cleaning company. Uh, so they, they produce equipment that lasers that strip paint, pre-weld treatment, things like that. So, so I'm on the road about uh, 50% of the time, 50, 60%. Um, and then when I'm not, when I'm not on the road, I, I work from home. So a lot of emails, different stuff like that. Um, so I, I'm a husband of eight years now, coming up on nine years. Um, I've got six six kids, um, seven years and under, so five boys. And we just had our first girl in uh, in August, so that uh, that changed that was life changing all over again. Um, having the girl, um, and that you know, in a nutshell, that's uh, that's my basic bio. I've been a Christian for ten years. Um, so, what brought yeah. you? What, what what brought you in around to that? I'll go ahead and ask you that. Yeah, sure. So, I, I was raised Roman Catholic and uh, was always a nominal Roman Catholic. Uh, thought pretty early on, even at 10, 11 years old, that all all of it was mythology. Uh, you know, oh, pray to the big man in the sky, kind of thing. So, I, I moved into uh, a blend back and forth of like atheism and uh, like new age spirituality, just a blend of the whole neo-pagan mess that's that's really popular now. Um, so as a teenager, um, that's I was wrapped up in all of that, um, a lot of partying, things like that, uh, futility. Let us eat and drink for tomorrow we die. That that was my uh, my lifestyle. Um, and then, you know, God, God uh, sent someone to preach the gospel to me my, my first semester in tech college and uh, the end of my first semester. And uh, that, you know, I met Christ and uh, repented, believed the gospel, and, and that changed, obviously changed the entire trajectory of my life. Um, so I just really started reading the Bible um, for the first time with open eyes and uh, was uh, part of a uh, fundamentalist Baptist church is King James only that only lasted about nine months the more the more I read my Bible I, uh, I I started to pretty quickly identify as a Calvinist just because I read Ephesians 1 Ephesians 2 Romans 9 and just like how do you <laughs> how do you most simply read these things and pretty quickly I realized that they viewed Calvinist Calvinism as heresy and so I was like it's ah, not gonna it's not gonna work out for very long uh, so I ended up in a Reformed Baptist church, and around that time, I, I met my wife and uh, got married to her. So with, within about 
six months. So. That's fantastic. Now I got to figure out, and I may just edit in the future episodes, but I got to figure out how I'm not telling my story over and over and over again each time to each new person <laughs> I meet. I'll figure that out later, but I'll go ahead and just tell you now. Um, I yeah. I was raised uh, homeschooled, uh, Reformed Presbyterian Calvinist guy from the beginning. Um, I, 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 my, my parents were homeschooling me in the nineties. Uh, my aunt was one of the big, she just recently passed away. She, she was one of the big first pioneers in the Atlanta area, um, for homeschooling and that sort of a thing. Um, and so they were very active, uh, everything, I mean, very Kyperian, very politically, politically, uh, Rush fans. Yes. Rush Dooney people. Absolutely. Yes. I'm still Rush Dooney guy. So, um, with all that being said, that's, that's sort of my faith background, sort of raised in, in the Christian church and grew up in it. And then, um, I got married about five years ago, long, long story with my wife. I won't go into full detail, but it was a long distance relationship that had, uh, a lot of, uh, family, uh, politics back and forth, not, not like governmental politics, you know what I'm saying? Just families, yeah, yeah, just, uh, yeah. fa- family gelling yeah. issues and things. And we, uh, went through that, got married and, uh, everyone's happy now, but it was just, you know, it was hard during that time. Um, and it was hard financially. It was hard, everything, you know, just, just going through everything <laughs> yeah. long distance, not super long distance, about three hours away. Okay. Um, I moved to Augusta, Georgia, which is about three hours east of uh, the Atlanta area. Uh, and, uh, that's, that's where I am now. And I am a freelance media wizard. I do everything. Um, just absolutely anything you can possibly think of web to from webmaster to filmmaker to whatever, you know, graphics artist. And my main thrust is trying to do, um, bring back epic poetry in an accessible way to the masses um through my own fiction in rhyme and meter so nice yep so yeah that's what i do but uh yeah so reformed baptist that's awesome i i love my reformed baptist brothers well i i actually am reformed presbyterian oh you're probably reformed presbyterian now okay yeah within yeah within the past year that that transition has happened um and, Has it uh, been hard? For me, no. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it's it's actually been pretty a pretty natural progression. Um, I did have to make some hard choices as far as like you know we're moving to this other city to attend this, this other church and things like that. Um, so do you work from but, home? Uh, yes. Yeah. I do. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, so I don't I'm know in, if this I'm was lunch the- break or not. <laughs> Oh, no. Yeah, no, no. Um, I'm in the greater Houston area. So uh, just north of Houston, Montgomery. Uh, there's uh, Lake Conroe that, that I live right off of. But yeah, I work for a company based out of Kansas City, Missouri. So um, kind of moved all around um, the past six, seven years. Fantastic. And Detroit, Buffalo, uh, Kansas City, and then circled back around to Texas where I'm from. My wife is from. I got you. That works out great. But uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, as far as uh, becoming Reformed Presbyterian, uh, really, for me, it, there was always a tension as we're thinking as a Reformed Baptist, thinking um, 
about the covenants and the promises and the new covenant, the way that a Reformed Baptist does, there was always a tension with how should I view my children and how should I train them? And, uh, you know, very pertinent to that is just the, the baseline presuppositions and foundations that I had trying to raise my children, uh, trying to um, raise them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. What, what does that even mean? Um, so I was wrestling through those things and uh, ended up, it was a, another Baptist pastor, a friend of mine who started showing me some uh, Doug Wilson clips, but it was about marriage. It was about some like relational things and uh, helping me out with that. And uh, so I started listening to a lot of Doug Wilson because prior to that, I, I hadn't, uh, I only knew him by reputation. Right. And Which was, is always dubious. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh started listening to, to him quite a bit and uh he started really connecting a lot of the dots for me more than anyone else um and so i ended up reading his book to a thousand generations and uh that that really summed everything up for me and, and tied everything together for me in a way that really made sense of the presbyterian understanding of the covenants and covenant succession in a way that you know i had never never grappled with before um so so yeah and in in terms of how practical that's been in in my life it's it's been huge um uh i, I mean i still have obviously i'm still friends with lots of reformed baptists and uh hasn't hasn't really hurt that at all um but what it's what it's done for me though is is being able to see the multi-generational focus that God has that I didn't have before. And so really in a way it's, it's gotten me thinking uh, more of my children, grandchildren, legacy, what kind of culture am I building in my house and things like that. So that's yeah, a good, it's, it's good. Yeah. That, that, that's a good stop stopping off point for a story I have for you regarding my father because i was waiting for the first person to bring up legacy in some kind of cool way and this is the absolute perfect <laughs> spot so but there we go but uh my father was a um in the in the in the mid 80s he worked at a paper company in atlanta and he uh there was a temp worker who came back in when my father was opening my father was alone he shouldn't have been there was supposed to be someone opening with him but he opens anyway right and uh, this temp worker uh, tells him to give him all the money out of, or not right away. I mean, he, he, he tricked my dad into a couple different things that I left something back there, blah, blah, blah. And got him point blank with the gun, uh, uh, hold it, held, held it to him and said, uh, give me the key to the register, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. And he makes him get down on the ground. My dad's thinking, I know who he is. He knows who I am. He, I'm not going to, he's, he's going to kill me. And so uh, he actually shoots, bullet goes um, by my dad's ear, uh, uh, scratches him as my dad moves. Uh, they struggle. He gets hit three really big places and I think one other time. Uh, but what happens is he gets one in the back of the head blank again. It actually hits where the spinal cord goes into the skull and sh it shattered the bullet it was a 22 so it actually wow. shattered the bullet it didn't it didn't pierce his skull and then um he got one in the mouth he had some shrapnel to the day he died you know back there in the 
in the tooth and everything and he got hit in the main artery that was the bad one in his in his arm and he was holding his arm up just instinctively didn't even think about it you know whatever (laughs) and chase the guy down the block (laughs) and and so following this he had been having an on again off again relationship with my mother and like you know you have these things when you just about die they had to life flight him to the hospital because it was rush hour traffic in atlanta (laughs) you know all this kind of stuff and he realized that he wanted to have the legacy of you know children (laughs) like really really badly that's the like that's the thing he wanted and Mm -hmm. he loved he loved my mom she uh, did not love him at the time, but respected him. And she actually did a Bible study confirming that the scripture does not say for husbands to or wives to love your husbands. It says for wives right, to respect right. their husbands. So the love came later, she says. You know, that's mm. the way she tells the story. The love came later. Um, but yeah. they, they got married that November. And um, probably about, I want to say, six to eight months later. And um, yeah, so, but it's just, it's such an amazing story. My dad passed away in 2020. Um, uh, he, 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 complications from cancer and all kinds of other stuff, but it was, it's a, it's a really crazy story of God's providence. And like, anytime I hear someone talk about legacy, it's like a light motif going off in this year. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So yeah. 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 That's incredible. So what did you have prepared for us? I heard you had a little something going on. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I just like to, to bring up some of the scriptures that speak to um, God's focus on the believer and his children. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just so helpful for me to, to ponder these things. I have nothing really formal. Um, yeah, do what you want. I want to hear what you got, man. Yeah, I just hope to, to quote some things here. Um, so in, in no particular order, just, just kind of moving forward uh, through scripture, we see in, in Genesis, Genesis 18, uh, speaking of Abraham, God says, for I know him that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment, that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken of him. Um, so there, there, God's God's focus. Abraham believed God; it was counted to him as righteousness. He was looking forward to the promise, the promise of ultimately Christ, what Paul tells us. But uh, by faith, we are children of Abraham, and as fathers, uh, I believe we are called to this same kind of uh, focus on on uh, commanding our children after us to keep the way of the Lord. I mean, it's just, I mean throughout scripture deuteronomy 6 all the way to ephesians 6 that uh, this this is still the command to fathers um for their children um so that that whole theme of of god's covenant with abraham and um how that how god flows out from that and ties that uh, that's tied directly to to our lives to our faithfulness as fathers even in the new covenant um then moving forward uh to look at some of maybe maybe the biggest one for me is is psalm 127 and psalm 128 so um we we obviously have lots of examples of uh, people with big families that are not necessarily blessed um 
the Muslims, the Mormons, um, you know, there's nothing spiritual in and of itself of, of having a big family. But um, I do think as Christians, if we can, we ought to, and uh, we ought to, uh, to really take hold of God's promises um, to us as fathers. And uh, so just moving into Psalm 127.3, Behold, children are a gift from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be ashamed when they speak with their enemies in the gate. Uh, moving forward to, to 128, similar theme. That uh, blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. When you eat the fruit of the labor of your hands, you will be happy and it will go well for you. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your children like olive plants around your table. Behold, for so shall a man who fears the Lord be blessed. The Lord bless you from Zion and may you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. Indeed, may you see your children's children. Peace be upon Israel. So um, spoke a little bit about, you know, my, my, my own theological transition to, to Presbyterian understanding of the covenants. This, this was huge for me to, to look at um, what is God's focus when it, when it comes to us being fathers. And, and I think God has clearly has such a longer, lot more long range focus for our lives than, than even we do most of the time. Um, so that, that's, that's been a huge worldview shift for me in, in a way, in a lot of ways, um, starting to think of what, uh, how, how am I going to set my life up? How am I going to establish my household? What, and I mean, not even, not even uh, bringing into account all the geopolitical and every everything else going yeah, on right now because you can't but, that's too variable <laughs> right right but but i i've started to to think of it more like you know in a hundred years by god's grace lord willing if my children walk with the lord and they have children and their children walk with the lord and they have children you know you're talking potentially a million plus people <laughs> coming out from me hundred years down the line and uh to to think of that as incredibly humbling you know to look at uh, you know children are also a mirror that, that i see my own sinfulness in all the time on a daily basis um, but it's also very encouraging it's very uh for me it's filled me with a lot of hope that uh it really doesn't matter what influence or impact i have as, as far as uh the social media world's concerned or, or whatever um, my impact in God's kingdom uh, is going to be incredible yep. if if I'm faithful yep. as a Christian father um, I agree with that the uh, I was going to say there's a, a microcosm of that and I, I, I don't want to discount social media and I don't want to discount you know all the sure. other things that we can do but our absolute greatest asset our greatest weapon our greatest arrows are our children obviously and you know our family by extension well i've seen that in microcosm in a way i told you a little bit about my family with my mom and my aunt and all that stuff that was going on in the 90s here in atlanta 
that was just three sisters of one family that were all kind of in the same area. Uh, my mother and my two aunts. And that was 20 some odd of the grandchildren of my grandmother. And the entirety, you, you look at Atlanta, you know how huge it is. Uh, it's yeah. not the biggest city, but it's a huge city. Um, oh, yeah. it, it, uh, it was never the same again after those three women for the course of 25 years made their ministry and their husbands supported and helped them make their ministry be teaching people to homeschool. There are literally tens of thousands of homeschoolers now who have a loving, wonderful education, home and discipleship because of three women and that goes back to one woman and one husband like the, I, i've seen that in microcosm and then on top of that all of my cousins doing all the crazy things they're doing now we have a preacher we have people in the tech industry we have people in the financial industry we have people like me in the entertainment industry we have you know all kinds of people just in every single area and it's just kyperianism in action like it's the family yeah. <laughs> no right. you can't do everything no we can't right. do all of christ for all of life but our family can right you know right. Yeah. so right and it's intended to absolutely um exactly that's really encouraging to hear by the way that's what this is for <laughs> yep <laughs> Yeah, then, you know, moving forward, uh, again, this is not obviously not exhaustive or in any order particularly, but but just these promises um, that we can hold on to. Um, so in Isaiah 54, all your sons will be taught by the Lord and the well-being of your sons will be great. In righteousness, you will be established. You will be far from oppression for you will not fear. And from terror, for it will not come near you. But uh, again, the promise, the Lord will teach our sons. The Lord will take them by the hand. Um, obviously, all this has to be taken by faith. You know, it's it's not, not written to the doubter or the double-minded, but... Um, and it's obviously not our faith that saves them either. <laughs> no, 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 absolutely not. <laughs> Um, it's the Lord, and that's uh, right. What's What's awesome though is that this is a promise from the Lord that He will teach them. He will teach our sons. And then this 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 one also be huge for me. The New Covenant promise in Jeremiah. So in Jeremiah thirty three, just a couple verses, eight and nine. And I will cleanse them from all their wrongdoing by which they have sinned against me. And I will forgive all their wrongdoings by which they have sinned against me and revolted against me. It will be to me a name of joy, praise, and a glory and glory before all the nations of the earth, which will hear of all the good that I do for them. And they will be frightened and tremble because of all the good and all the peace that I make for it. While you're looking that next one up, uh, figuring it out where you're at might as well uh, share this one with you in the audience 
I tend to find psalms and hymns more than scripture verses, just because being a poet person, uh, the rhyme and meter and other sorts of things tend to stick in my bones, you know, and I just, I really appreciate the artistry of them. This is uh, John Newton, the man who wrote Amazing Grace. Oh, yeah. this, this is the last uh, last verse of, of the hymn, When Troubles Assail Us, also known as The Lord Will Provide. When life sinks apace and our death is in view, the word of his grace shall then comfort us through, not fearing or doubting with Christ on our side. We hope to die shouting, the Lord will provide. And I wanted to bring that up specifically because, you know, like we were saying earlier, we have there's this Kyperian vision in scripture. It's very plain, very clear. Every area of life is touched by the Savior. You know, the, the transforming work of salvation is to every area of life. And I'll get back to my point in a second. You go ahead, go with what you got if you got it. Uh, no, go ahead. Yeah, go okay, ahead. yeah. So basically, um, when it comes to, uh, like I said, was saying earlier, this Kyperian vision, the fact is we can't do it by ourselves. And right now we're living in such a crazy economy that none of us can really have much room to do anything financially and move around and do the things that we need to do. But the fact is God has spread us across every state very clearly. And when I say us, I mean, Christian fathers who believe the word of God, whatever they believe about it, they actually take it as the word of God, right? That That's really right. my, my mark, my single mark for a Christian. <laughs> if you believe the Bible is the word of God and you are seeking to follow it i guess it's two like that that that's all i care about like i don't care if you're catholic right. i don't care if you're mormon i don't care if you're you know in some kind of cult the fact is you're a christian you're saved by god because you're convinced that the scripture is true right and so hopefully god will lead you to wherever he wants you to be on that but this this is this is the truth and you believe that it is the truth so basically uh, when when we get to this point in our culture and we're all spread out all over the United States, all over the world, and we don't have near as much influence as we used to ever in history, really. Um, I don't think fathers have had less influence in history. Um, the fact is, uh, we can be excited for what's going to happen with our children. Because, yep. you know, right. we, tr we train them up in the way that they should go. And they're going to go take that Kyperian vision to all kinds of different places. And right. so if you, if God has given you one goal at this point, I have several, I'm still scatterbrained and doing all kinds of things. So, yeah. And most, <laughs> most dads have a bunch of different things that they're working on, but if God has given you one or two things, like that's beautiful and glorious revel in it, you know? Yeah. Um, if you can be on a podcast, great. If you can encourage people, great. If you can do this, that, or the other, great. But none of that's really going to matter or amount to as near as much as your children. And Absolutely. one of the things I'll tell you that I'm going through right now, um, you know, with my storytelling and everything else, I don't make a lot of money on it right now. But, and this is the thing that people aren't realizing a lot of the time, I am storing up intellectual property for my children. <laughs> I am yep. using my imagination, which is the greatest gift that God's given me, I can say, you know, besides my salvation and besides my wife, like, and I guess my children too, like imagination is way up there, you know what I'm saying? And so yep. I 
dream up crazy worlds and people like them. And that's always been, you know, something that I've had since I was really little. And if I can use that as the spinning wheel to spin the gold that my family will eventually have, I'm going to do it, man. You know what I mean? Right. Right. So, yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Yeah. So just lean into your, lean into your gifts. Yep. Your calling. Well, sorry, you weren't really able to find that other verse. Um, yeah. I don't know what happened to it. I, I was pretty sure. Oh. You know what? You thought of it? And I just did. I just did. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. And we'll edit this part, these parts out. It's no big deal. Yeah. Sounds good. <laughs> Editing does worlds of wonders. So here we go. I don't know. I, I wrote the wrong chapter down. It was my fault. Ah, gotcha. Um, so Jer- Jeremiah 32, um, starting verse 37, behold, I'm going to gather them out of all the lands to which I've driven them in my anger, in my wrath and in great indignation. And I will bring them back to this place and have them live in safety. They shall be my people and I will be their God. I will give them one heart and one way so that they will fear me always for their own good and for the good of their children after them. I will make an everlasting covenant covenant with them that I will not turn away from them to do them good. And I will put the fear of me in their hearts so that they will not turn away from me. Um, yeah, you talked about that one that one mark, being a Christian, the fear of God, the, the fear of the true living God. Yeah. Um, and, you know, coming to God by his son alone. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I think it's, that's that's it. Um, the Jesus as Lord and uh, confession, repentance, trust. That's that's it. Um, but here we have this couched in here: the promise that God's not only doing this for our own good, but for the good of our children, the good of our children after us. Um, so again, just just adding on to stacking all these things together. Um, moving to Malachi chapter two, you speak about the, you know, spoke about the, the calling, the, uh, if you, if you just had one thing to rejoice in your children, you know, your, your wife and your children coming out, um, of her really, um, to Malachi two. 14 yet you say for what reason because the lord has been a witness what reason have have, uh, have the israelites here been faithless when you know, god's condemning them for what reason because the lord has been a witness between you and the wife of your youth against whom you have dealt treacherously though she is your marriage companion and your wife by covenant but uh not one has done so so i'm sorry this is an nasb i'm gonna it's okay. <laughs> it's a little, little awkward and wooden sometimes, but I like um, the NASB. I was raised in it, but you know, <laughs> yeah. I, I I think it gets the idea here wrong, um, but that's very possible. Uh, it does sometimes. In Malachi two fifteen, it says, uh, "Did he not make them one with a portion of the Spirit in their union, the uh, husband and wife?" And what was the one God seeking? Godly offspring. So guard yourselves in your spirit and let none of you be faithless to the wife of your youth. And that, you know, what is God seeking in our, in our marriage is godly offspring. Um, so he's very concerned about this. Um, and I mean, I, I don't know if you've ever looked into the studies. Of, I'm, I'm sure you've seen this. Um, 
but the in terms of those who follow Christ in a household where the father is a believer and the father follows Christ and the, the proportions of that versus a father who's an unbeliever or a father who well even just the stats of having one believer parent period like that's yeah that's, right that's pretty incredible to too yeah 50 percent of the house but then mm-hmm. when the father is a is a believer and engaged it goes up to the you know 90th percent yep. it's just the yep. way god has designed the way god has designed our households and uh us as men as fathers that uh, you know we're we're designed to take charge and take that lead mm-hmm. and here i mean here right here he's, he's addressing the husband not the wife um, so to be on guard to be faithful to our wives um <clears throat> so that's really starting to to tie all this together just seeing how much god is concerned about our children that our children come to know him um we, and we saw this we saw this too uh, in the gospels we see jesus let the little children come to me don't don't hinder them uh, yep. don't prevent them from coming to me and uh ephesians 6 that uh, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. So, you know, there's, we have great power for good or for evil in, in our children's lives. Um, and, and God's concern for us is, is to bring them up, to bring them along with us, to, to not uh, stomp them out in anger. <laughs> right. Which is obviously a huge temptation in my life and all 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 the easier because i'm bigger you know stronger you know everything and you know it's and it's important to teach them discipline them and all these things like you said but i think that one thing that a lot of fathers miss out on especially in today's day and age when we have so much to be uh sad and angry and anxious about is showing by example the joy of the lord yeah. Uh, especially in things like worship service, you know, actually right. singing right. loud and being right. engaged in what you're doing, crying if it makes you cry, like not holding yeah. that back, especially like when you're hearing the word of God. One right. of the one of the biggest things that sticks in my mind for my father uh, growing up, and I think it, 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 this one moment probably taught me more than several years combined you know, of, of growing up under his tutelage is he was uh, expositing to me um, uh, not so much in like, it wasn't even really a, a Bible study setting. It was just like, you know, one of your by the wayside kind of things, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, the wedding of Cana. And he specifically was saying that, the thing that a lot of people don't, uh, a lot of people miss in this chapter is not just that Jesus turned it to wine, not that, you know, this was his first miracle of, jo- a lot of people get that it's his first miracle and it was for joy and for celebration. A lot of people get that. What they don't get is it was the best wine. Yeah, it, was, right. it, was, it wasn't, it wasn't just more wine. It was the best the best a a a a veteran taster had ever had in his entire life (laughs) and so and so his point was when god gives gifts he gives the best gifts it's not just you know oh yeah sure that'll be good here you go you can have that it's it's not that at all god 
spares no expense, no detail, no nothing on the gifts that he lavishes upon us. Mm-hmm. And, and that is something like, and, and seeing my father get emotional about it and cry about the gifts that God has given him through his life. And he had a tough life. Like not just the one story I told you, like he grew up really, really rough and tumble, hard home, uh, Christian father, but he was, he was a, he was a, a harder man, um, sort of in your face optimist. And my dad had a really hard time with that, um, you know, and, and all kinds of other stuff. And it was, it's just incredible like like the level of of stuff that he had gone through that i could see him say god gives the very very best gifts you know that 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 was shaping to me so yeah no i yeah i i uh, actually look forward to i mean god's gonna have to cover a lot of my sins and my and my shortcomings for for my children to have stories like that but um that's huge yeah that's uh it's a huge concept because well, i mean we, we have to be what we want our sons to become uh, right yep on, on some level on a big level that they will they'll follow us they'll follow, and god follow will provide footsteps. it you know yeah. through 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 thorn and curse and everything else he's rolling it back you know he's rolling back that yep. curse so yep. well i i really appreciate it and i think this is probably it feels like a good time to end it. I wasn't saying that there was a specific amount of time. I was thinking somewhere between 30 minutes and an hour. And this is feeling good. This kind of 30 to 45 range on this, yeah, I mean, this podcast, probably, I think. Yeah, you probably have plenty to, uh, to edit or whatever. Yeah, but I, I don't I want honestly, it to be too long for dads because, you know, they they got stuff to do, whatever else. But yeah. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Well, I, I really appreciate you having me on. And uh, yeah, man. And anytime you, you want to talk, you've got my number. My number's on my website for anyone who wants it, joshuadavidling.com. Um, you can check that out. Do we, Do you want to plug anything of your own? Uh, well, I've, I've got some things that I'm firing up. Um, not, nothing is launched yet, but uh, just I've got a, I've got a writing, like a newsletter mm-hmm. ministry that, that I'm starting up. Uh, that I, that I hope to have launched here probably in the next within the next month is my goal. Okay. Well, um, so people, keep out, of, people keep an eye out. People keep an eye out on blessed beards for that. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, I, yeah, I'll probably post it there. Um, once it's launched and then, uh, I'm, I'm also launching, uh, kind of a, a 3d printing business as well as uh, bit high tech services and repairs that's further out um mm-hmm. there's a lot of infrastructure i need and i actually can't technically do it from this address so. <laughs> that's good old restrictions out, yeah yeah but uh i'm hopeful about that um, so I, i've been kind of work operating in that industry for six seven years now so um well it's been fun it's been really let me fun. Let me go ahead and uh, do a send off. Then I want to tell you one more thing, everyone. Thank you for listening to the blessed spirits podcast. Do not turn to the right or to the left, Uh, follow God and he will be with you wherever you go. I know that's basically the same send off as my poets at work podcast, but I haven't come up with one for this yet. And it sounds just as good, quite frankly. So we'll see how it goes. Thank you guys for listening and tell me more of what you want to hear, what you want to be encouraged by, what you want to talk about and jump on the podcast. Send me a message. Let's go. You know, let's just have these conversations. Ben, thank you so much for joining us and we'll talk to you guys next time.